Greetings, Grapple fans. Uh, we're back again with the second episode of the Puro Puri podcast. We recorded this discussion about the first Japanese matches that we ever saw, all in one big go, so we've broken it up into three different volumes. This episode, we are going to talk about uh, David's. However, uh, I do have some news for you before we begin. Uh, we are now on Facebook. You can find the podcast on there. It's um, at Puro Puri. Uh, that's P-U-R-O-P-O-U-R-R-I. If you're looking for that on Facebook, come and give us a like. We've just started it. Not got many people on there yet. Let's try and get as many as we can. Um, and of course, we are also, because it's 2016, um, although um, some of us are over 30 and unsure really how it worked this shit. Um, we are also on Twitter. Um, so come check us out at Puro Podcast on there as well. And of course, we on SoundCloud, but you know that because you're listening through that already. Again, give us a like and a share on there as well and tell your mates. Okay, so I hope you enjoy episode two, and we'll be back to talk finally about my uh, first uh, Puro match in the next episode. I believe it's uh, we're going to go with David's choice next, I think. Yeah, so um, I chose now, much similar to yourself, uh, um, as you said, you can't remember the first Japanese match you watched, it was Noah. I'm similar, and I've definitely watched matches before this, but I can, the one I can remember as being the first one that I can definitely remember was this match from FMW which is um, Megumi Kudo and Combat Toyota in a no rope explosive barbed wire death match obviously obviously like obviously I mean I, I mean it's it's you know like you know I'm, I'm, I'm into my hardcore matches like in, in WWE I was always a big fan of the hardcore division and I'm I'm one of my one of the things I look for is something is I, I like eccentricity. So something if something over the top will always always warm my heart. I'm always I'm always up for something that's a bit too ridiculous. I'm so, I'm, I'm almost suspicious of wrestling fans that um you know they just have no tolerance. Yeah, for, yeah. You know, it's like come on, like look, I fucking love battle arts and all this but you know I, I love all, whatever whatever it is that they've got the fucking, fucking hard on for yeah you know like look volcan's one of my I, I released a fucking album all right named after volcan all right i fucking Wait. love volcan but if you can't enjoy fucking trash as well like what's the point like yeah you know? yeah do these people turn off john waters films and if they do they're fucking idiots like, i know exactly like you know that this is this is going to be the main the main focus like people are going to realize exactly what what i'm about after this match and about what they can expect whenever <laughs> I talk about matches, I don't I don't give a shit if there's a thousand head drops in a match. I don't give a shit if the most technically beautiful match in the world. I mean, for example, the example I always use is nowadays WWE, Raw, and SmackDown on a weekly basis have incredible matches. Like you know, in terms of work rate, it is like unbelievable the amount of the, the sheer quality of matches that they are. That they are pumping out on a weekly basis. However, I don't give a shit about any of it at all. I cannot watch something on Raw or SmackDown because it means nothing to me, and it can be the greatest match in the world, and I will still not, it will not grab me. As I said before, it's a unique selling point. I need something that if I watch a match, I want to be able to come away and say this happened in this match, whether it was good or bad, something memorable that you can pinpoint on a bullet, you know bullet point on this match it was this and this Megumi Kudo versus Kudo versus Toyota is just I mean like would you agree it's the best death match ever because I don't know it's like top top three I, for me it's the best because you've got Anita yeah I mean I really really like the Anita Funk match yes um, yes the, um, the exploding ring match and I'm, um, I'm also a big fan there's one that people are gonna 
people are, people are going to be a very, you know, they're going to be very surprised at this. But Onita versus Tiger Jeet Singh, right? Not the jungle one. It was in like some mad stadium with like 50,000 people. And it is the most, it is, like, it's basically a Hulk Hogan match, but with barbed wire and far fucking better. It is, <laughs> it is, honestly, it is just a Hogan match. And, you know, the evil heel, the evil foreigner beats him down for like 15 minutes and then he hulks up and then wins the match. And honestly, you'll not find a better wrestling match than Onita versus Tiger Jeet Singh. Sadly, the... it's been taken off of YouTube, so nobody can fucking watch <sighs> it. Motherfuckers, like, but, like, Thanks, the thing Brexit. is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the thing me. is, yeah, well, yeah. But the thing is, <laughs> is, is that w- when it comes to sort of F- FMW, right, and, and, and hardcore Japanese wrestling, one of the things that I think is um, emphasized a lot um, when people um, are first reading articles about sort of introductions to Japanese wrestling, that kind of thing, is they'll often mention the sort of hardcore stuff um, in this kind of like, you know, uh, weird, prurient, kind of like um, orientalist way. And, you know, and it's kind of an, an odd thing because yeah. matches like this, right? This is a great wrestling match. Absolutely. This is a yeah. fucking great wrestling match, right? And so is the Anita Funk match. And there's a lot of those Anita matches that are really great, precisely because, right, this is Hulk Hogan with bombs, right? This yeah. is exactly what... Exactly. This is. That's that why FMW it, yeah. is great, okay? Um, as a kid, I remember, who was in OECW at the time, FMW was the logical next place to go because I'd mm. seen Hayabusa and Jinzei Jinzaki and yeah. those guys come over. And I remember I watched this stuff at, at first, this match especially... And I, after a few years' time, I got into Ring of Honor and work rate, and I became that dick, and I was like, oh, God, I never watched those matches again. On wrestling forum and all that. Yeah, yeah, fucking, oh, my God. Literally, like, I'd say probably three years ago, something like that, I decided to watch all these again. And they're not all great, but this no. is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll make a confession in a moment. I don't generally like American hardcore matches. I like ECW. I'm not too bothered about ECW. There's good stuff about it, but... It just washes over me. I don't. I don't give a shit mainly about most mm. ECW. There's there's bright moments, but and similarly, CZ Dub, IW Mid South. Oh god, shite. yeah. It's yeah, all shit. Yeah. All I've, it. it's I never like George. Did you have a CZW or, or period? Because I remember I got some tapes right with CZW, and these were on long play yeah. again. God. And I was used to getting some good shit at this point, right? And I thought I'll check this out. And it was fucking seven hours of Madman Pondo smashing things <laughs> over people's heads. Which was actually quite good for the first, like, half an hour. And then we ran out of weed, and it was like, well, fuck this. I know. Like, and it went on for, like, seven hours. Like, it was abysmal. I, I never um, had this, yeah. um, the CZW um, phase. I know it was on the wrestling channel. Um, but the stuff I used to watch on the wrestling channel was uh, mostly TNA, which was uh, actually very good at the time. People give TNA a lot of shit, but it's had some really good periods. And this was oh, one yeah. of them. And also, I remember FWA. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Doug Williams doing two out of three, four matches with D'Lo Brown and AJ Styles and uh, oh, people yeah. like that. Did, FW, did FWA have that really good Eddie Guerrero-Doug Williams match? Yeah, it, was that him? Or was that XWA? I, oh, I can't remember. I'm that was a good match, though. That's like um, one of those great under-10-minute matches. Like. Okay, so um, I think what we're saying, this goes back to you know saying it is a great wrestling match, but... I think, it, again, it comes down to why the, the last match we discussed was so good. It's about psychology. They build up the spot. I mean, there's there's a quote I once saw about, you know, you've got loads of uh, people wrestling in the backyard and, you know, guys doing shows in front of, you know, 100 people in some, uh, in some hick town, exchanging light tube shots, no-selling them, and thinking they're wrestling. And on the other hand, um, Atsushi Anita 
got 40,000 people into a baseball stadium to see him try not to fall through a plane a plate of glass exactly yeah that that's the crux of it because i've watched i've watched many like ccw matches and none i can't think of a single one that is memorable that i would think i'll go back and watch that it's because they don't have a story they don't have a story exactly they never have a story and the the problem i felt that like i mean we'll come to big japan in the future like you know obviously that will be um you know we'll get to that in a bit but i mean i think like you've got like big japan and ddt and they have all these wacky matches where in different places and i always felt that there is a room in america for someone to do a federation like that because the american deathmatch and japanese deathmatch are completely different there's no similarity to them and it is you know obviously and like don't get me wrong i mean not every japanese deathmatch is great i mean i've been watching a few big japan stuff recently and it's especially nowadays it's incredibly hard you know it's it's the whole you know the whole four pillars thing again you know they've kind of maxed out you know they're trying to push it in more you know, there's only so far you can go before there isn't anything new you can do. There's only so far you can experiment before you've got to make a pop album. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. That that's that's the problem. Like nowadays, that's semi-serious. Nowadays you yeah exactly. Nowadays you watch death matches, even even in companies like Big Japan, you say, and someone will go through a, a plate of glass or get um, body slammed onto thumbtacks, and it's it's kind of a spot they expect. You know, they they run mm. death matches on virtually every show that they do and because people have i guess become it's like the king's road people have become so desensitized to this sort of thing that mm. sometimes you it feel that nothing. a lot of these matches would be better off building it around like a, a handful of big spots to do with the weapons and make it yeah. more about the, the the psychology of it exactly i mean it- I think the problem with a deathmatch, like with like, the the sort of modern day ones, especially for like, CCW and that, is that they have like, well, for example, they'll have like the barbed wire, and like, how can we make every every spot with the barbed wire possible? And then mm. they just add like every match will just add another spot that they can do. They never pace it out. There's no, you know, everything is just all at once. There is no, there is no thought behind it really. That that's basically it's just, as you said. It's just people just you know killing themselves for no. Yeah, and obviously a lot of people do like it. I think they, they, you know, obviously they enjoy it. It's a very weird thing that people kind of enjoy doing these sort of things. But they are. I I I'd like to like speak to like I'd like to in, interview or speak to somebody who's in the American deathmatch scene and try and discuss this with them to see maybe what makes can, them uh, tick. Maybe maybe yeah. we can arrange that for a future. Get you exactly. to on the podcast. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think they're commanding a large fee or anything like that. I it's think... all right, mate. I've got me and Terry Funker like that. I'll I'll get him on. It's all right. All right. <laughs> um, did know. anyone get? Um, because there's a few versions of this match online. Um, did did either of you get the one with the uh, the pre-match promo with the English subtitles? Yes. 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 I got it's that amazing one. that oh, that exists. God. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's maybe a good time, David, to sort of talk about the I guess the the background or as much as there is in this match. Yeah. Really. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I mean, this this is based around the fact that it was um, Combat Toyota's retirement match. So this was her final match ever, and the entire the entire basis around it was that um, they're going to have this death match because it was FMW and it's a needed promotion, and that's sort of his wheelhouse. That, you know, he he is he is Mister you know explosive barbed wire, so to speak. But um, yeah, I mean the pre-match promo. The thing I love about it is that you know when you think of like you think of death matches, you think of people who hate each other and want to kill each other. There's absolutely no malice in these promos whatsoever. They they, no. they genuinely respect and love each other. 
It's amazing. It's, just... it's a barbed wire match built on respect. Exactly. Yeah. It's a... And they're, they're like, oh, we want to have a memorable match, you know. And they're like giving back to the next generation. They want to put <laughs> FMW on the map. They're like, it's a fucking, you know, explosive barbed wire match. Like, you, can you imagine going, I want to give back to CZW and give the rednecks of the future a match to look back on. Unbelievable stuff, like. I'm doing this for Nick Mondo. Can can we just point out as well, for anyone that doesn't know, we haven't actually mentioned this yet, I don't think. Um, Megumi Kudo and Combat Toyota are women. Yes, no, we haven't. Yes, if you're not familiar with uh, Japanese names, yeah, yeah. Now that's that's really really important for several reasons. Yes. Um, but I think especially because you'll notice that we didn't think at all then to even mention their gender, right? What whatsoever, because it isn't relevant. It because really is um, we'll come back into this again in much more depth later on in another episode. But Japanese women's wrestling of the uh, of the period that we're talking about and before that. Um, there's no need to distinguish between gender because some of it is is that great and it's taken a bit of a beating actually in kind of um uh critical circles recently there's a lot of people on pwo dvd uh, dvr for example quite down on on joshi this yeah. isn't anything like representative of a normal joshi match no but i think it's it's given the resurgence um in the mainstream of 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 good women's wrestling mm. um i think it's important that we mention that at some point yes no uh, oh yeah sorry carry on george the other thing i liked about this uh, promo is that I mean, Combat Toyota is an intimidating-looking woman. Like she's got she's got the sort of face paint, uh, severe haircut. She she she's big. She's tough. And her her pre-match promo, she talks about how nervous she is before this yeah, match. I, mean, I, I I absolutely love that. Again, the fact yeah. she's not coming doing this promo talking about all the atrocities she's going to commit on uh, on Megumi Kudo. It's like we said, it's it's a sort of it's a paradox. It's a, it's a death match based on mutual respect and wanting to go out there and entertain the fans while you know cutting each other to shreds and well, blowing thing, each other up. <laughs> the thing is, is that when you watch the promo of Toyota, her face and when she talks about how important it is for her to go out and win, I mean she's she's fucking off. She's going to another job. Or like you know, she's not not going to be wrestling again. It doesn't matter if she goes over. But the look on her face, the sheer intensity of how much she wants to win is unbelievable. When she's making her entrance to Wild Thing, by the way. Yes, um, yes. Because she's the daughter of Anita, right? Like, that's the whole shtick, I think. Um, she's crying. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, she's 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 not crying. She's doing that thing that hard men oh, yeah. do. Like, yes. When, like, you know, There's when your team, your team loses a cup final, where, you know, <laughs> you're not allowed to cry, right? No. You're not, it's not allowed but you have to maintain a stoic face because you know yeah. that if you if you slip at any point, you will just burst into tears. Yeah, and that yeah. is Toyota in this match. Uh, in, in the entrance, you know that any moment she can just crack and just go into floods of tears, and she knows she has to keep it together. And it's, it's unbelievable. Just, I mean, even like a stoic expression, you know, you can show so much emotion in an emotionless face. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what, what the fuck? What can you say about this match? I mean, the the opening lockup, right? I love this the opening lockup so much because it's just them trying to avoid the wire, you know. So they'll push each other towards the wire, and the crowd, the crowd on the edge of their seat. It's like, it's like one of the, you remember, um, you remember the Dead and Brown specials, right? It was like I'm going to play Russian roulette. It's kind <laughs> of that moment where you're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, this could go horribly wrong. And it's just this kind of knife-edge tension 
And that feeling lasts for most of the match. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Because like, even when you have like big spots, you still know, right, that's not ended the match. There's going to be more to come. It's oh, it's it's unbelievable. And they, they go for the, the opening lock-up and they just have... Um, they, 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 they avoid the wire to the point where they do a headlock. And the most basic... <laughs> day one training move where you shove someone off into the ropes and she keeps a hold of the headlock and baseball slides dragging her with her to avoid going into the wire just i mean it's unbelievable like that's the thing because um so many matches um Start with, I mean, notoriously, let's think about Triple H versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 25. Supposedly, oh, let's not, he, let's not, please. <laughs> this supposedly really heated feud, and they start with the lockup because so oh, many matches God. they see the lockup as something you have to do, a sort of obligation. That's how wrestling matches start. Whereas in this one, it makes it a hell of a lot more tense when the consequences of being outstrength or not, you know, momentary loss of face, but actually being having your back cut to shreds by this wire. But I mean, the yeah. wire, the use of the wire in this match is superb, and and this is something which I don't think gets um, um, I don't think gets mentioned enough when people talk about matches like this. There's an art to doing a match that must stay in the ring. Yeah, and, yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Times. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, can we we can agree this is a very a very basic wrestling match in terms of. They don't. They don't do anything, you know, massively. You know, they're not up here pushing the boat in terms of big moves. There are big moves, but it's not. For, certainly for the start of it, this is an incredibly basic match. But the wire, and just the tension, makes this. I mean, if this, if there was no wire there, and this was like, you know, main event or something like that, or superstars, you know, you wouldn't notice. But because of the atmosphere and the wire, it's it's just you can you can ring everything out of you know a lock up and a headlock and yeah i mean even like when he, he um when kudo hits some boots you know like you know the big boot to toyota and she's wobbling i mean that's a standard you know big man big woman whatever spot mm. but it has the added impetus of if she falls you know she's fucked because she's going into the wire and then like obviously there's the drop kick into the wire and jesus christ like you, you can you can watch this a thousand times mm. and you will never be prepared for the wire spots because I've... on you go sorry yeah I mean oh, no no, it... no 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 oh, we're talking so, yeah, I was I, I, I was just gonna yeah I was just gonna say um I think that touches on something which I think is really kind of um, almost like a little bit primal about um watching this match as a wrestling fan I personally um as you'll probably um come to know people that are listening um uh, throughout this series I really appreciate work in wrestling that is um kind of unshowy but that does the job um and that slowly builds um a story up um where you can throw in a few bombs and throw in a few high spots and it really works because of that that stuff you've done previously um this match they've literally created what should be the most bombastic ridiculous narrative of all time it should be things blowing up all over the place. It should be a really bad fucking action movie where just everyone dies. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. But they make it this nuanced, like, dance almost. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> the very... Conf- it's like making the most out of the most minimal kind of means. And mm. I think that's, like, got to be, for me, probably the essence of wrestling, actually, or as close as I can get to it. Actually, yeah. I, I, in terms of what I like. Absolutely. I mean, we don't have... Fa- you know, we don't have high spots because... You know, if you go on the top turnbuckle, your feet are going to get all cut up. You don't even have uh, rope running spots because you can't bounce off the ropes. Yeah. 
um, it's 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 funny. Um, it got me to thinking about, like I was saying, about there's an art to just using the space in the ring and not being able to do Irish whips, rope running spots, things like that. It reminds me of, do you remember the catchers catch can match from uh, WCW? I think it was <laughs> Dean Malenko yes. versus Billy Kidman. Yes. And it was the stipulation. Do, do was, I re- do I remember that? The stipulation was <laughs> that you had to remain in the ring. And this was going to be like a great technical yeah. contest, but if you left the ring, you were disqualified. And then, <laughs> literally about two minutes in, Dean Malenko, who was a fantastic wrestler, his instincts yeah. kicked in and he rolled to the outside. And there was <laughs> yeah. basically 30 seconds of everyone involved collectively shitting themselves. Oh, and then the amazing. ref's like, well, I guess Billy Kippen's the winner. Right, on to the next yeah. match, lads. <laughs> and he beat him with his sound catches catch can skills. Billy Riley down the snake pit was watching on going, I'm proud of you, son. It's so funny, but like, there's there's wrestlers nowadays, I think, if you told them you can't run off the ropes, you can't do Irish whips, you know, they wouldn't have a fucking clue. Yeah, they wouldn't. I mean, and this is quite harsh to say, but um, I was at at an ICW show, um, I think last year with a mate, and uh, it was BT Gun versus Mikey Whiplash, who I I really like, I'm not having a go at them, but during that match, the second rope broke, so you couldn't really do rope running spots, and they did get lost because it's not something that particularly you you legislate for. No. I mean, that happened last week with Cena, where the rope broke, and there was like a house show in Manila, and the rope broke, and he just continued the match with him and Big Show. And that, you know, he's, oh, I didn't see that. No, it was on, I think they put it on WWE.com, but I mean, he's ah, done that before. Do you remember that Vengeance pay-per-view where, the, where they did the big ring explosion spot? Yes. And then yeah. afterwards realised, oh shit, we have a main event, and they yeah. just had like a false count anywhere match. It's like, you know, that that's exactly like that's that's an example of someone who can use the you know the ring to you know to their benefit even when it's you know it's broken or it's you know. Yeah. But in fact, Onita, there's another match. It's again taken off of YouTube. Thank you, Brexit. But um, Onita, I think it's <laughs> the first ever one. I think it's Tarzan Goto he's against, and the the like it must be the first one ever because both of them go in and go, oh shit, we can't. We can't do all our things. So, for example, they would do like lock-up spots, and then like go and instinctively reach for the ropes, and then go, ah, ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then at one point, like there was one where they were doing like a, a grappling spot. I know Anita, but they were doing a grappling spot, and like Anita's leg caught the wire and it exploded, and like he shot himself. He absolutely <laughs> shot himself, and the entire crowd just lost their minds. And Anita was like. Fuck, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, just like, I mean, it's not a big ring, and yeah, it, it's it is incredible, like you've seen them trying to adapt to the fact they'd never done this, and quite clearly had never done this before. But I'm sure if it comes back, we're reviewing it. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, if this is ZZW, I mean, if this is ZZW, I can guarantee Bell would ring, somebody would be in the wire and right away, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bang, right, right away. And, you know, like, well, yeah, you know, yeah. done lads, see you later. Yeah. It's like when you go well, see then... a band and they play their hit single as a first song, and you're like, yeah. you know, I can go home now. Like, <laughs> all right, like, I've, I've had my fill of wire. And you just, spots. you just think, who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, do, do you know what I mean? I'll always appreciate a good partridge reference. Oh, um, you'll get plenty more of them in the series as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, no, but I, I just think this is an absolute masterpiece. If you, I, I think the way I, I, I um, once um, sort of very pretentiously um, kind of tried to uh, sort of um, uh, make someone else check it out, was I said, look, right, you like Hitchcock films, yeah? You know, that horrible <laughs> feeling of like total, utter, just like impending sort of like, uh, you know, attention yeah. and sort of doom about to be paid off. 
watch this fucking match. Like, because that's what it is. It's you know, like it's 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 that great at building tension. I, I love this yeah. match. I think it's yeah. amazing. It, it's yeah. amazing. Like it gives this real. Um, it gives this real impetus to the the technical stuff they're doing as well. Like there's a there's a Mexican surfboard at one point, which yeah, you wouldn't yeah. expect in a death match, but that's and that's fine. It fits because at the end of the day, it isn't a brawl with load of plunder where people are bringing out you know staplers and stop signs from under the ring. It's all about control of space in the ring. There's a great yeah. bit where uh, Toyota's being driven back by these kicks by uh, Kudo, and now I call this the sort of you know, uh, the Street Fighter versus Soul Calibur idea. You know, Street Fighter is on one axis, and Soul Calibur you can go loads of different directions. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm betraying my love of, uh, of beat 'em ups here. But when Toyota's being driven back by kings, uh, by kicks in another match, you know, she probably just hit the ropes. But here she moved to the side to try and get a better position because at the end of the day, as I've said many, many times before, shit me, you don't want to go into that barbed wire, do you? No, 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 God no. Well, I mean, the way they sell this barbara, the first spot, I mean, like, I've got a note here that just says Kudo is dead, and dead, capital letters, <laughs> just dead, right? I mean, Toyota, for example, was was um, like clutching her ears because she she was um, pretending to have tinnitus because of the bang. I don't know if anybody noticed this. But That's so I, good. That, that was like, amazing. That is, and she was sitting there and she was like, like grabbing her ears because it was they were ringing from the bang. <sighs> so and good. Like, the, other one, the referee, right, and I love this, they never do this in CZW. Obviously, I think health and safety, they're not allowed to do explosions, but every single time in an explosion death match, the referee will dive like an action hero out yes. of the explosion. Because yes. you would. If you were in this match... You would, you would dive out the way. That there's no other way around it. But I mean, it's just and it could, like, again, getting back to the fact, you know, I mentioned this about Kobashi and last week. Kudo doesn't get up for like three minutes. Like yeah. they're down for so long. Oh, Kudo's a decent seller in this as well, by the way. Yeah, like real good. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, obviously like Toyota's fading tinnitus, but I mean, Kudo, you know, puts a shift in in terms of selling as well. Absolutely. But, the, the momentum yeah. kind of it shifts a bit later in the match the, the second explosion spot where um i think this is just this is just horrible um toyota basically run runs at her to try and do the uh, you know the vader yeah. thing where she just run into you and yeah, kudo dodges kudo... toyota goes into the barbed wire and it goes bang well kudo yeah actually like toyota throws kudo into it but kudo does a baseball slide to avoid it which i thought oh right I mean, yeah yeah, and then he does the baseball slide, gets up, Toyota charges at her, and then she moves out of the way, and then, yeah, bang, you know, it's done. Um, and at that point, you have a cut, cut away to Anita. I think it's Anita in, in his oh, suit. Oh, yeah. The yeah. concerned onlooker. Yeah, I've got this written And from this, point, from this point, they begin to build to what becomes the aftermath of the match, um, where, yeah, you begin to see sort of looks of concern. Yeah. Faces of officials. You begin. Uh, it escalates ever so slightly in terms of the uh, the camera work, which I have to say, actually, I think in this match, this is one thing that Anita actually, I think, is really doesn't get enough credit for. Not all the time, but sometimes on these big FMW shows, the camera work is better than the all Japan shows. Well, yeah. The 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 other. It, the it's other essential to making the story work. The other uh, the other Anita one I mentioned against Tiger Jeet Singh. There's one where it's in the it's in the stadium. There's like fifty thousand people, and after the first wire shot, obviously there's all the smoke, and they hired a helicopter to have a pan shot of the smoke coming out off of the ring. So there's all this black smoke going everywhere, and it's like the greatest shot I've ever seen in any wrestling match of all time. Is this helicopter shot from high above the stadium of this smoke just pishing out of this stadium. For your birthday. Thing. 
for your birthday, I'm going to get a shot of that and I'm going to overlay <laughs> Werner Herzog <laughs> talking about um, t- talking just, about people getting murdered by bears. Exactly, it's, it's, it's like something amazing. like it's it's like something like a fucking war documentary, like a Vietnam, like some this fucking is a war. Mor- this is some a fucking, fucking war. mortar, like. Sh- Which is both funny and also quite harrowing for the way my life's turned out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, this, is this where we like decide we're going to set up a Patreon to keep Dan and Sider as the brand audience? Just Actually, well, follow the rest of the podcasting yeah. world and keep me in Tato Press and just <laughs> Sider. Well, to be honest, that's the only reason I wanted to do this podcast. Was I, was, <laughs> I was thinking that it might be a way I could reach out to, uh, <laughs> to, to people all around the country and keep me in Tato and Sider. Although, we, we, just, we, we, just make, we just make people donate a living wage. <laughs> For every hour of podcasting, you get us a night quest each. That's only fair enough. Like, we'll reissue on some of the orders at the point. The thing with the Orange Squash, I heard a story um, online by someone who went to Chikara, King of Trios, one year, oh, and hey. went, went to the fan meter, and uh, he was sitting near El Generico. El Generico picked up a bottle of drink which he thought was orange juice, but turned out to be... Oh. Undiluted double concentrate orange squash. Oh. Had a swig of it and then staying in character went, Hi, it burns! <laughs> <laughs> That's up there with the Teddy oh. Sherring and Brian Clough uh, vodka and orange at half time story. This is a war. Mor- this is some a fucking mortar, like, shot. Toyota the Wrath but- of God. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, like, Toyota tries to grab the ropes to collect to get herself back to her feet. And then realizes, oh shit, I'm gonna like set it off wire. again. Yeah. And it's... she has this horrible gash. Like, oh, the, the gash is just awful. And it's, yeah, and then it just continues from there. Like, after that, like, this is the second wire spot. So I think we have, how many do we have? I think it's three, four, four spots. So after the second spot, Toyota collapses on an Irish whip. Like, she gets yeah. whipped and she doesn't have the strength to even reach the rope. She just collapses. It's unbelievable just i mean yeah but this point i mean this is this is the thing i love about this i think the most and this is certainly with most matches the thing i look for see people who put a bit of thought into the match and people just sit there and think what can we do with this and don't yeah. yeah you know like i mean i the the, the match I, I think i mentioned this before this is going to sound really strange in comparison to this that match from money in the bank with was it breeze angle and oh, fuck who was it was it Golden Golden Golden. yeah yeah where they got sunburned. Like, I literally don't even that. remember this match. Right, it was on the pre-show. Nobody watched it, right? But basically uh-huh. what happened is they did an angle where they they did the Only Fools and Horses thing where they locked them <laughs> in the sunbeds for like four hours and they came out all red skin peeling, right? And they built this entire match around the fact that Breeze Angle couldn't do anything because they were too sunburnt. So every time they tried to do a move, it was sunburnt. And then obviously Hunters of Chops. This it, it was Hunters of Chops, right? Hunters of Chops, to which Model brought up Kawada and Koba- no, Misawa and Kobashi. <laughs> of when they're getting chopped in the sunburn. And, it was, and honestly, it's. This it, is just like the time that Kenny Kobashi got sunburned. Exactly. Anyway, and honestly, like, it's probably my favourite WWE match of the year. Oh because they God. just sat and thought, right, we are sunburned. What can we do with this? There's one point where they, where they like, go for a lock up, you know, call an elbow tie up. And then they just back away and go, ah, and you know, because obviously they're touching them. And the referee goes, are you okay? And he goes, of course I'm not okay. I'm burnt. Like, I shouldn't be here. 
I need to see this match so badly. It's on the pre-show. I need to see this match so badly. I posted about this on the group because. I, have I missed this? It, oh no, because I, I mean, because people are like people are like, really, really a pre-show match. You're not, you're not <laughs> tricking me into watching a pre-show match. It is the best pre-show match since we all see, and that's a high compliment. Oh no, that was dope. No, oh, but, yeah, was but anyway, so yeah, they put a bit of thought into this. This match, they put a bit of thought into this as well. It's just, I mean, the, the next wire spot, I mean, when they do this, the next wire spot, Kudo has to fucking unpick herself. Like, it's in her skin. And she has to like, pick, unpick, oh, knowing that if she unpicks it too hard, she's going to set the explosions off again. It's just, it, I mean... It, it, it's amazing. Like, I mean, we've got this... So is that the spot where they both go into the barbed wire? Kudo does some sort of hip attack... And... No, 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 that's the next oh, one. Oh, okay, turn... I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. You know, I just have wire spot number four. Oh, Christ. And <laughs> our description of the spot. But no, this one is that it's a clothesline from Toyota and it puts Kudo into the wire and she like gets caught in it and she has to unpick it with her arm but she has to do it incredibly gently because she knows if she just shakes it off, it'll set the explosions off again. But... Or sever an artery. Or yeah. sever an artery, that as well. And then mm. fucking Toyota with a German suplex. Just after all that, I got a German suplex. It's just, yeah. Um, this, is, I mean, the suplexes are horrifying. It's Vader-esque in terms of the suplexes. There's nothing more terrifying than Vader suplexes, but Toyota suplexes, they, they're up there for me as well. I think it's because no Kudo well. really... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... Um, the, yeah, I mean, like, there's like so many near falls where Kudo just just will not die, and he comes out with an Onita DDT, just the perfect moment. The fucking Onita DDT, you're, you're like, you're, you know, you're just overwhelmed by emotion. Onita and the crowd sitting there. Going, I love that bit. Yeah, by this like, point, by this point, Onita, he's got his head in his hands like Charlie Sheen in Platoon. Like, he, oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. He can't believe what he's seeing. Like, now I thought initially that it was a bit egregious to have the camera on Anita so much when it's you know combat Toyota's retirement match and maybe Anita's putting himself over with this promotion. But actually, uh, you know, it's it's his company after all. Is he hogging the limelight? But at the same time, I think actually his reaction to the sheer horror of what he's witnessing, like I actually think, really helps the match. I mean, no, if, totally. you, if you videoed us one of those stupid reaction videos of us watching this, I can guarantee the last spot where they try for the German suplex into the wire, you'd have your head in your hands, and yeah. then they get out, and then they, that's the one you mentioned about the hip attack, yeah, where she the, catches the her. In it. And they, I've, I've, I've seen this match. I must have seen this match probably about eight or nine times since I first ever saw it. I still was like that today when I, I watched it again. Oh God, like, I know it's just it's just unbelievable, like you know. And yeah, I mean, you'd think by this point we'd all be jaded, cynical, and kind of we've seen everything in wrestling, but and we are like that a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. but, but, I um, mean, no, there's special yeah. moments where you know stuff like that. But I mean, Toyota. I mean, it's not even like that. That that wire spot ends the match. Toyota just fucking kills her. Just fucking yeah, neck drops. The, the most, the most brutal stuff, I would argue, um, doesn't involve the wire at all. Guys, let's talk no. about the power bomb. Oh, Christ! Jesus Christ! Oh, a hefty, hefty power bomb. That's a lot it, of sauce on that one. It's an absolute stinker. It's straight from the back of the fridge. <laughs> oh. It really is. Oh. What, I mean, what can she you say? I mean. One. Megumi Kudo picks up Combat Toyota, who is a much larger woman than her. Kudo is. You know, deceptively strong, like you know, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of um, smaller female wrestlers. But 
Toyota is. But she's she's very much the um the yeah. kind of um uh, sort of good looking uh, baby face. Oh yeah, she um, was she know, was uh, she was yeah. a pinup um in '92 yeah, by yeah. all accounts. She's 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 pretty svelte by the standards of a lot of yeah. of, of, of yeah the absolutely. She gets Toyota up and whether it was fatigue or whether I would like to think this wasn't intentional, but maybe Toyota, seeing as it was a retirement match, just went, oh yeah, powerbomb me just right on the back of my fucking neck. See if oh, I can. It's just the, the and then, absolute worst. And then, possibly, and like I think some of the people listening to this will know this fin- finisher by other names. They might notice the Vertebraker when uh, Gregory Helms used to do it. Um, the Kodomo Valentine that ends the match. Oh, I, yeah. I can't quite... I can't quite describe it, other than to, it's also, um, if you watch Lucha Underground, it's um, Mariposa's, um, uh, what's it called, um, B- B- Butterfly Wings, it's called something, something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, but the upshot of it is that um, Toyota goes right on the back of her neck once again. Um, I, I actually think it's one of my favourite finishing moves of all time. She just turns her over, gets her sort of hoisted up on, uh, Kuda gets Toyota hoisted up on her back, and drives her down to the mat um utterly utterly brutal and again that is a hard ring to be taking that bump on yeah god yeah because this is yeah i mean it's not yeah even like wwf at this time taking that a bump on that ring would have been you know pretty pretty deadly but i mean yeah it was it's uh, just you, you you just have to wonder about you know whether or not they knew you know whether or not they put any rational thought into that. You know, you know maybe I shouldn't do this. Or do you, do you, I don't know if they ever had like any internal struggles, of you know maybe re- tone it down a bit. You know, let's not do the the power bomb onto my neck. I can I can only imagine that it's a bit like um, if you ever you know if if you ever speak to anyone who's a great sports person or whatever. Like you'll say, what were you thinking of when you did this, this or that? Like, what were you thinking of before you yeah. scored that goal? What were you thinking? And they just go, well, I wasn't thinking of anything. Like, mm. I was just. I think it, there's probably a point, especially when the match is this visceral and this kind of dangerous, that you probably do just get caught up in it. And you, I think you can only really probably go. Yeah, like I mean, because if I think if you don't go with that fully, I mean, you'll just think I'm surrounded by barbed wire and bombs. Like, and you'll you'll never do anything, you know, confidently. I think so. Yeah, it, maybe there's a bit it's, of that. It's 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 the sum in wrestling form. That's that's what it is. <laughs> It's, it's Passchendaele. That's one for the It's Passchendaele. And, and, you know, and, you know like, um, you know, like any World War One battle, we have to have the um, the support troops. So I think probably the best Anita moment is the bit just after the match where he comes in. I and thought he's... you were going to do a Mark Corrigan-esque military analogy about, uh, like, pincer movements. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. I want Sorry. reparations. I'm expecting some Laguna Kudo war poetry to come <laughs> She's got a really good split with uh, Siegfried Sassoon coming out on Hospital Records. <laughs> uh, looking looking Ke- Ke- w- Wilfred Owens. <laughs> Kevin's dad. Uh, but yeah, Anita comes in and he's he's all like, "Get me a medic." Yeah, the ending is crazy. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and she's reviving them with water, as in just fucking dousing them with as much water as he possibly can like like they've won the Super Bowl or something like that and they've won those big fucking Gatorade battles where but the bit that I love about it is that he spends about fucking two minutes like just like looking about to the crowd of that and giving it the big facials any ideas she's burning to death I know she's any ideas? burning to any, death is there any GPs qualified in here yeah <laughs> anyone get any pseudocreme <laughs> who's done the I've fire got, safety manual I've got I've got some swore figure in the shed <laughs> I think I think like 
probably in Japan in the 90s, like, it would be cause to have your medical license revoked if you even so much as went to an FMW show. God, I know. <laughs> yeah, quite but, probably. But yeah, I mean, like this, Matt, this Matt, I mean, my fav- one of my favourite bits is Onita at the end as well, carries Toyota out on his shoulders. And yeah. as you said, Toyota is not the lightest person in the world. Yeah, I mean, by a long shot. Especially, no. I mean, she'd probably be a dead weight by this point as well. Yeah, is, no doubt. I mean... <laughs> Cardio gone, possibly bomb damaged. <laughs> like, that's that's never a good you know a good person to carry on your shoulders if you want an no. easy ride. Like, I mean it's 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 ridiculous. But I mean this this is what deathmatch wrestling is about. Absolutely, yeah. this is if you ask me what you know what deathmatching is, deathmatch wrestling is. This is it. This is the 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 the, the, the pinnacle, the the definitive, you know. As you said, the tension, the horror, it's just, everything about it is incredible. I mean, just, everyone is so concerned, you know, like, in in WWE, when have you ever seen somebody who has been, so after a match would have been concerned, apart from maybe Undertaker having a fucking heart attack against Triple H, (laughs) that's probably the closest I get to, but, I mean, they were just, everyone was in, like, the, the edge of their seat. Before and after the match, there's no wire spots for about eight minutes. So the first eight minutes is just all headlocks and you know collar and elbow tie-ups and just fucking basic fundamentals. But they use it in such a way where they, they scramble to avoid the ropes so much because they know how dangerous it was. Yeah. And yeah. the fans knew how dangerous it was. And even when the spot happened and you had the big payoff, they were still invested because they knew. Now they go, oh shit, this is how bad this is. We need to, you know, um, you know, this this can get worse. You know, it wasn't a case of oh, thank God it's over. It's just, it's like it's like, um, it reminds me of like Alien. You know, when when mm. she's, she's running through the the ship, you know, she's yeah, yeah, self-destruct, yeah. and you know that bad things are coming. And even when there's a rest period or you know a bad thing happens, you know there's still shit in your pants. Yeah, and there's still more bad things to come. In fact, Cloverfield Lane, that new that Cloverfield Lane film they came out a couple of months ago. I've got that downloaded. I'm right. gonna watch that soon. That's this match in a film, right? Because okay, I've heard good things about this. Basically, when there's when there's a bit where you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and then the thing you think you dread happening happens, you don't go, ah, oh, right, good. You go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. The tension's just been ramped up more and then yeah. more. And then more, and it's just, yeah, um, it's just. Does, does you know, this make Anita John Goodman? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Your Anita is John Goodman, yeah. I could, I could see him as a kind of bumbling Dan Aykroyd figure. Yeah, but when uh, the teases come, you know, when the spots come, they're huge because you've teased it and you've ramped up the tension so oh, much. Massive. It is massive. It's unbelievable. This, this is actually, this is just a normal wrestling match, but there's bombs and barbed wire in it. That's it. This is not. A match based around the barbed wire. It is literally but it's just a, a it's match. A, it's a really, really good pro wrestling match. It is. Yeah. It is. It's an incredible pro wrestling <laughs> yeah, match. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. even in like significance, I mean, Toyota was the was it the, the Triple W A and FMW Women's Champion at the time. I think so. Yeah. Is that right, Stato? Yeah. Um, I I don't know if she had the uh, Triple W A one, but she was certainly the FMW. Uh, I mean, when I was looking it up, I'm sure somebody in PWO mentioned that she was like the reigning champion on both of them, and uh, obviously the titles were on the line. They're probably right then. Yeah. It was probably Otani's jacket or something. And I'm like, no, I, 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 will, I will, I will, back myself to the death on this. Right, that's <laughs> it. We're giggling this, right? We're giggling yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Otani's right. jacket you... can fuck himself. While you Google that, I can cut this out. But I need another massive piss. Oh, so. by the way, 
Um, just, just before... No, actually, I'll come back. I'll wait till you come back before I say it. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Uh, right, so... It's fine. I'll wait for him to come back before I shame you. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, and then we should prob probably get on with the... Uh, yeah, because I, I said I was going to be... I said I was going to be up at my... I know I was by about half seven. So, well, that's gone great. Um, yeah, that's really well done. Uh, yeah, I still, I still haven't had dinner. So, uh, but like, I, I really want to get into this. Uh, there's a lot to talk about in the Sasaki Kawada match. So, you know what? I'm, I'm perfectly willing to stay hungry as uh, that Ryback T-shirt so memorably sent. Yes. Yeah, so two seconds. I'm just going to check. Do you have the date there as to what this was? Um, the date. Yeah. Fifth yeah, of May, 1996. Fifth of May, 1996. Okay, right. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, I'll wait for Daniel to come back. The, hang we'll... on, let me see if I can guess who the three WA champion was at the time. Okay, right. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have a we'll have a, a go. On you go. Who do you think? I'm gonna it was? go with I'm gonna go with Kyoko Inoue. Kyoko Inoue. And what date was this again? When ninety six? Fifth, fifth of May, nineteen ninety six. Right. No, this Damn is not it. Uh, you're so close though. She was the next champion, Shit, so she did okay. win it in '96. Uh, wasn't uh, it was either Minami Toyota or Dynamite Kansai? Oh, oh fuck me! Have I got this wrong as well? No, Kansai won it in August 30th '95. Minami Toyota won it December 4th '95. Kyoko Inoue won it December 8th '96. Okay, so I'm in the ballpark. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we'll we'll wait for Daniel to come back, and then um, I can shame you and name me and shame you. And I'm going to put the link. I've sat on a packet of Oreos. <laughs> I can hear. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm on the floor now. Mint ruined. Well. operation is this? Right. So yes, as you can see in the link that I've just sent you, the t the the champion at this point was indeed Minami Toyota, and I've sent you a wiki link to back myself. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because we are, we are, you know, we, we like to reference shit. But, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that Kudo was, you know, Kudo was... Oh, I should know shit. Two seconds. Two seconds. I, just, I think I may have got this wrong. It's Minami Toyota was actually, yeah. Okay, so you're getting Toyota and Toyota. It's yes. Your, it's right, your fucking I, voiced and unvoiced plosives, mate. Oh god, don't! <laughs> Just fuck off. Yeah. Hey, I can I can I, see I'm, Ohio. I'm literally a qualified English it. language teacher now, and I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's the sort of teacher I wanted at school. God, God, bless the Cambridge education system. Anyway, but... she was the FMW women's champion. Okay, yeah. can we just cut that? We'll start start from there. Mm -hmm. The FMW women's champion, and Kudo was the sort of ace in waiting, sort yeah. of you know, yeah. And then this was real passing of the torch because obviously Kudo was there. She had to kind of carry the load since then yeah. and really you can have a better better passing the torch moment than this this is this is incredible this is no absolutely incredible this stands up with any any normal wrestling match that i can think of yeah, yeah absolutely and my favorite I, women's match as well yeah, yeah i agree and i would actually put this up there with um, another one of my matches which some people wouldn't really think is a match um which is uh jerry lawler and uh, terry funk's no uh oh, the no, MD Arena, no, no audience match, which yeah. I think is um, just an absolute Absolutely. masterpiece. Yeah.
打った瞬間多分もう分かってないんだと思いますねもうこのコールも聞こえませんでした聞こえてないですねなんというしかし首の曲がり方でしょうね今のはね full of obscenity it's just in nature here is vile and base I wouldn't see anything erotical here I would see fornication and asphyxiation and choking and fighting for survival and growing and just rotting away of course there's a lot of misery but it is the same misery that is all around us The trees here are in misery, and the birds are in misery. I don't think they, they sing, they just screech in pain. Taking a close look at, at what's around us, there, there is some sort of a harmony, it is. The harmony of overwhelming and collective murder. But when I say this, I say this all full of admiration for the Changi. It is not that I hate it, I love it. I love it very much, but I love it against my better judgment.